Chapter Forty of the Scalp Hunters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Scalp Hunters by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Forty, The Fight in the Pass. We entered the woods and followed the Indian trail upstream. We hurried forward as fast as the Atajo could be driven. A scramble of five miles brought us to the eastern end of the valley. Here the Sierras impinged upon the river, forming a canyon. It was a grim gap, similar to that we had passed on entering from the west, but still more fearful in its features. Unlike the former, there was no road over the mountains on either side. The valley was headed in by precipitous cliffs, and the trail lay through the canyon up the bed of the stream. The latter was shallow. During freshets it became a torrent, and then the valley was inaccessible from the east, but that was a rare occurrence in these rainless regions. We entered the canyon without halting, and galloped over the detritus, and round huge boulders that lay in its bed. Far above us rose the frowning cliffs, thousands of feet overhead. Great rocks scarped out, abutting over the stream. Shaggy pines hung top downward, clinging in their seams shapeless bunches of cacti and mescals crawled along the cliffs their picturesque but gloomy foliage adding to the wildness of the scene it was dark within the pass from the shadow of the jutting masses but now darker than usual for black storm-clouds were swathing the cliffs overhead through these at short intervals the lightning forked and flashed glancing in the water at our feet the thunder in quick sharp percussions broke over the ravine, but as yet it rained not. We plunged hurriedly through the shallow stream, following the guide. These were places not without danger, where the water swept around the angles of the cliff with an impetuosity that almost lifted our horses from their feet. But we had no choice, and we scrambled on, urging our animals with voice and spur. After riding for a distance of several hundred yards, we reached the head of the canyon and climbed out on the bank now cap'n cried the guide reining up and pointing to the entrance here's your place to make stand we can keep them back till they're sick in the guts that's what we can do you are sure there is no pass that leads out but this one ne'er a crack that a cat could get out at that er exceptin they go back by the other end and that'll take em around about a two days i reckon we will defend this then dismount men throw yourselves behind the rocks if ye take my advice cap i'd let the mules and women keep forward with a lot of the men to look after em them that's idlin the meanest critters it'll be nose and tail when we do go and if they starts now yer see we can easy catch up with them to the other side of the parar you are right rube we cannot stay long here our provisions will give out they must move ahead is that mountain near the line of our course think you as seguin spoke he pointed to a snow-crowned peak that towered over the plain far off to the eastward the trail we ought to take for the old mine passes close by it captain to the southert ayon snowy there's a pass it's the way i got clear myself very well the party can take the mountain for their guide i will dispatch them at once about twenty men who rode the poorest horses were selected from the band these guarding the atajo and captives immediately set out 
and rode off in the direction of the snowy mountain el sol went with this party in charge of dacoma and the daughter of our chief the rest of us prepared to defend the pass our horses were tied in a defile and we took our stands where we could command the embouchure of the canyon with our rifles we waited in silence for the approaching foe as yet no war-hoop had reached us but we knew that our pursuers could not be far off and we knelt behind the rocks straining our eyes down the dark ravine it is difficult to give an idea of our position by the pen the ground we had selected as the point of defence was unique in its formation and not easily described yet it is necessary you should know something of its peculiar character in order to comprehend what followed the stream after meandering over a shallow shingly channel entered the canyon through a vast gate-like gap between two giant portals one of these was the abrupt ending of the granite ridge the other a detached mass of stratified rock below this gate the channel widened for a hundred yards or so where its bed was covered with loose boulders and logs of drift timber still farther down the cliffs approached each other so near that only two horsemen could ride between them abreast and beyond this the channel again widened and the bed of the stream was filled with rocks huge fragments that had fallen from the mountain the place we occupied was among the rocks and drift within the canyon and below the great gap which formed its mouth we had chosen the position from necessity as at this point the bank shelved out and offered a way to the open country by which our pursuers could outflank us should we allow them to get so far up it was necessary therefore to prevent this and we placed ourselves to defend the lower or second narrowing of the channel we knew that below that point beetling cliffs walled in the stream on both sides so that it would be impossible for them to ascend out of its bed if we could restrain them from making a rush at the shelving bank we should have them penned up from any farther advance they could only flank our position by returning to the valley and going about by the western end a distance of fifty miles at the least at all events we should hold them in check until the atajo had got a long start and then trusting to our horses we intended to follow it in the night we knew that in the end we should have to abandon the defence as the want of provisions would not allow us to hold out for any length of time at the command of our leader we had thrown ourselves among the rocks the thunder was now pealing over our heads and reverberating through the canyon black clouds rolled along the cliffs split and torn by brilliant jets big drops still falling thinly slapped down upon the stones as seguin had told me rain thunder and lightning are rare phenomena in these regions but when they do occur it is with that violence which characterizes the storms of the tropics the elements escaping from their wonted continents rage in fiercer war the long-gathering electricity suddenly displaced from its equilibrium seems to revel in havoc rending asunder the harmonies of nature the eye of the geonosist in scanning the features of this plateau land could not be mistaken in the character of its atmosphere the dread canyons the deep barrancas the broken banks of streams and the clay-cut channels of the arroyos all testified that we were in a land of sudden floods away to the east towards the headwaters of the river we could see that the storm was raging in its full fury the mountains in that direction were no longer visible thick rain-clouds were descending upon them and we could hear the sough of the falling water 
we knew that it would soon be upon us what's keepin them anyhow inquired a voice our pursuers had time to have been up the delay was unexpected the lord only knows answered another i suppose they're puttin on a fresh coat of paint at the town they'll get their paint washed off i reckon look to your primin hosses that's my advice by gosh it's a gonna come down in spouts that's the game boys hooray for that cried old rube why do you want to get soaked old case that's exactly what this child wants well it's more'n i do i'd like to know what you want to get wet for do you wish to put your old carcass into an agey if it rains two hours do ye see continued rube without paying attention to the last interrogatory we needn't stay here do you see why not rube inquired seguin with interest why cap replied the guide i'd seed a skiff of a shower makin this higher crick that ye wouldn't care to wait it hooray it were a comin sure enough hooray as the trapper uttered these exclamations a vast black cloud came rolling down from the east until its giant winds canopied the defile it was filled with rumbling thunder breaking at intervals into louder percussions as the red bolts passed hissing through it from this cloud the rain fell not in drops but as the hunter had predicted in spouts the men hastily throwing the skirts of their hunting shirts over their gunlocks remained silent under the pelting of the storm another sound heard between the peals now called our attention it resembled the continuous noise of a train of wagons passing along a gravelly road it was the sound of hoof-strokes on the shingly bed of the canyon it was the horse-tread of the approaching navajos suddenly it ceased they had halted for what purpose perhaps to reconnoitre this conjecture proved to be correct for in a few minutes a small red object appeared over a distant rock it was the forehead of an indian with its vermilion paint it was too distant for the range of a rifle and the hunters watched it without moving soon another appeared and another and then a number of dark forms were seen lurking from rock to rock as they advanced up the canyon our pursuers had dismounted and were approaching us on foot our faces were concealed by the rack that covered the stones and the indians had not yet discovered us they were evidently in doubt as to whether we had gone on and this was their vanguard making the necessary reconnaissance in a short time the foremost by starts and runs had got close up to the narrow part of the canyon there was a boulder below this point and the upper part of the indian's head showed itself for an instant over the rock at the same instant half a dozen rifles cracked the head disappeared and the moment after an object was seen down upon the pebbles at the base of the boulder it was the brown arm of the savage lying palm upward we knew that the leaden messengers had done their work the pursuers though at the expense of one of their number had now ascertained the fact of our presence as well as our position and the advanced party were seen retreating as they had approached the men who had fired reloaded their pieces and kneeling down as before watched with sharp eyes and cocked rifles it was a long time before we heard anything more of the enemy but we knew that they were deliberating on some plan of attack there was but one way by which they could defeat us by charging up the canyon and fighting us hand to hand by an attack of this kind their main loss would be in the first volley they might ride upon us before we could reload and far outnumbering us would soon decide the day with their long lances 
we knew all this but we knew too that a first volley when well delivered invariably staggers an indian charge and we relied on such a hope for our safety we had arranged to fire by platoons and thus have the advantage of a second discharge should the indians not retreat at the first for nearly an hour the hunters crouched under the drenching rain looking only to keep dry the locks of their pieces the water in muddy rivulets began to trickle through the shingle and eddying around the rocks covered the wide channel in which we now stood ankle-deep both above and below us the stream gathered up by the narrowing of the channel was running with considerable velocity the sun had set at least it seemed so in the dismal ravine where we were we were growing impatient for the appearance of our enemy perhaps they have gone round suggested one nar they're a-waitin' till night they'll try it then let em wait then muttered rube if they're green enough a half an hour more'll do or this child don't understand weather signs hist hist cried several voices together see they are coming all eyes were bent down the pass a crowd of dark objects appeared in the distance filling up the bed of the stream they were the indians and on horseback we knew from this that they were about to make a dash their movements too confirmed it they had formed too deep and held their bows ready to deliver a flight of arrows as they galloped up look out boys cried rube they're a-comin now in earnest look to your sights and give em goes do ye hear as the trapper spoke two hundred voices broke into a simultaneous yell it was the war-cry of the navajos as its vengeful notes rang up the canyon they were answered by loud cheers from the hunters mingled with the wild hoops of their delaware and shawano allies the indians halted for a moment beyond the narrowing of the canyon until those who were rearmost should close up then uttering another cry they dashed forward into the gap so sudden was their charge that several of them had got fairly through before a shot was fired then came the reports of the guns the crack 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 of rifles the louder detonations of the spanish pieces mingled with the whizzing sound of indian arrows shouts of encouragement and defiance were given on both sides and groans were heard as the grooved bullet or the poisoned barb tore up the yielding flesh several of the indians had fallen at the first volley a number had ridden forward to the spot of our ambush and fired their arrows in our faces but our rifles had not all been emptied and these daring savages were seen to drop from their saddles at the straggling and successive reports the main body wheeled behind the rocks and were now forming for a second charge this was the moment of danger our guns were idle and we could not prevent them from passing the gap and getting through to the open country i saw seguin draw his pistol and rush forward calling upon those who were similarly armed to follow his example we ran after our leader down to the very jaws of the canyon and stood waiting the charge it was soon to come for the enemy exasperated by many circumstances were determined on our destruction cost what it might again we heard their fierce war-cry and amidst its wild echoes the savages came galloping into the gap now's your time cried a voice fire hooray the cracks of fifty pistols were almost simultaneous the foremost horses reared up and fell back kicking and sprawling in the gap they fell as it were in a body completely choking up the channel those who came on behind urged their animals forward 
some stumbled on the heap of fallen bodies their horses rose and fell again trampling both dead and living among their feet some struggled over and fought us with their lances we struck back with our clubbed guns and closed upon them with our knives and tomahawks the stream rose and foamed against the rocks pent back by the prostrate animals we fought thigh-deep in the gathering flood the thunder roared overhead and the lightning flashed in our faces as though the elements took part in the conflict the yelling continued wild and vengeful as ever the hunters answered it with fierce shouts oaths flew from foaming lips and men grappled in the embrace that ended only in death and now the water gathered into a deep dam lifted the bodies of the animals that had hitherto obstructed it and swept them out of the gap the whole force of the enemy would be upon us good heavens they are crowding up and our guns are empty at this moment a new sound echoed in our ears it was not the shouts of men nor the detonation of guns nor the pealing of the thunder it was the hoarse roaring of the torrent a warning cry was heard behind us a voice called out run for your lives to the bank to the bank i turned and beheld my companions rushing for the slope uttering words of terror and caution at the same instant my eye became fixed upon an approaching object not twenty yards above where i stood and just entering the canyon came a brown and foaming mass it was water bearing on its crested front huge logs of drift and the torn branches of trees it seemed as though the sluice of some great dam had been suddenly carried away and this was the first gush of the escaping flood as i looked it struck the portals of the canyon with a concussion like thunder and then rearing back piled up to a height of twenty feet the next moment it came surging through the gap i heard their terrified cry as the indians wheeled their horses and fled i ran for the bank followed by my companions i was impeded by the water which already reached to my thighs but with desperate energy i plunged and weltered through it till i had gained a point of safety i had hardly climbed out when the torrent rolled past with a hissing seething sound i stood to observe it from where i was i could see down the ravine for a long reach the indians were already in full gallop and i saw the tails of their hindmost horses just disappearing around the rocks the bodies of the dead and wounded were still lying in the channel there were hunters as well as indians the wounded screamed as they saw the coming flood those who had been our comrades called to us for help we could do nothing to save them their cries had hardly reached us when they were lifted upon the crest of the whirling current like so many feathers and carried off with the velocity of projectiles thar's three good fellows gone under wah who are they asked seguin and the men turned round with inquiring looks there's one delaware and big jim harris and who is the third man that's missing can any one tell i think captain it's kirker it is kirker by the tarnal i seed him down wah they'll lift his har to a sartainty ay they'll fish him out below that's a sure case they'll fish out a good haul o their own i reckon it'll be a tight race anyhow i've heard of a horse runnin again a thunder shower but them niggers'll make good time if their tails aren't wet afore they get together and they will as the trapper spoke the floating and still struggling bodies of his comrades were carried to a bend in the canyon and whirled out of sight the channel was now filled with the foaming yellow flood that frothed against the rocks as it forged onward our danger was over for the time 
the canyon had become impassable and after gazing for a while upon the torrent most of us with feelings of awe we turned away and walked toward the spot where we had left our horses End of chapter forty